want to welcome you that are joining us online tonight. And so God bless you as you consider joining us right here in the sanctuary as well. And come to you to see what God is doing. We begin tonight our Bible study on question why. If you have your Bible with you, please come to the book of Corinthians. Question Of us would demand explanations 
show God owes us one. Some of you say, this happened, and I think I understand why, but I don't think he was right in doing that. You know something? That really betrays our hearts. I can tell you something else. A lot of us get down inside the harbor, some sort of judgment against God, where we say, Lord, you're too hard. Or God, I wouldn't have done it that way. But really, what you say is, God, is I would have done it better. I could have done it better. Some of us would demand God to explain that. And we actually had that in the conversation and witnessing the testimony that he did. Non Christians, they say, Well, tell me why did God destroy his children? Why did he have to kill all the animals? Why did all the flood have to be over all the big world? Why couldn't they make a certain certain area, certain land? Why? 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 Now, you might say, when he returns, the judgment comes over our world. Why will there be people who haven't heard the gospel, who don't know the gospel, and they will be judged as well? And they have that question, why? Perhaps online, that's a question you ask all the time. Why? And that may be one of the reasons why you don't come to church anymore. You ask that question, why? Why? But somewhere down the line, the pastor you have, the ministry you have, the deacons that you were working with, or the elders that you have, they didn't give you the answer that you really wanted. See, most of us want someone to side with us on our side. And to be honest with you, when they don't side with us on our side, we automatically say, well, they must be wrong, don't they? That's when they make it. They must be wrong. They didn't quite come to my
thought that God was in the distance somewhere, and I didn't think that God would act that way. The more you got right, when I got older, I became more, uh, and the more I realized that I was completely wrong, and I missed the point of my understanding of the truth. Let's take a look at this truth. Look at me in Acts chapter 5. a vacation area. Ananias and Sapphira had this man. If you'll read through your Bible, you'll find out that Barnabas had a piece of land in the same place. Look at me in verse 2. And he kept back part of the fishing. His wife also being aware of it. He brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While your name was announced your own, and after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And let me take this stuff right there and let me just tell you the idea and the picture here is that Ananias and Sapphira laid down the money and said, This is what we sold the land for. And they held it back, and everybody knew that it wasn't sold for that. Either that, or they had made one of the dumbest business deals in the world. You might be asking why. God's love is a cheerful giver. Can I get an amen on that? Can I remind you of something spiritually? Uh, a lot of people will come up to me and say, what about tithing? I, I get that question all the time. And you know what? I think tithing is a part of a Christian responsibility. But I will tell you this. God loves a cheerful giver, but he will also take some of the rest. Amen? I'm telling you, as a Christian, and you decide to hold back from God, God has a way of taking care of it. And I have to survive it here, too. They plan to say, well, you know what? We want the glory of saying we sold this and we're giving it to God, but we're just going to hang on to some of this money. That's really all they had to say. Nobody would have cared. That was the end of it. We're going to hold on to this. We have need of this particular amount of money or not give any of it. Now, but they let everyone to believe that they sold it for that amount. They laid it down at the feet of God, wanting the glory. Look what we did in the sacrifice we made. Like that, he brings back the fear of the Lord. That is an amazing, 
made great fear happen when God listened. Verse 6, And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carrying him out, and buried him. Verse 7, Now about three hours later, when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. I'm, I'm one of those guys that love to ask questions. I'm thinking, they had his funeral and didn't even tell his wife? They didn't even tell him where he's buried. And he'd be like, oh yeah, we already buried him. You can go say goodbye to him now. That's a tombstone right there. Well, not you, but not terrible, However, they did what was best in their ideas and their thoughts there. And of course, three hours later, the fire comes in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter answered her, tell me where these stole the land for so much. She said, yes, so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. And immediately, she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. Let me tell you something, y'all. Do not take the Holy Spirit for that. The young men came in and found her dead and carried her out and buried her by her husband. So great fear came from all the church, from all who heard So many truths in that passage. To be honest with you, we could do an entire seminar on it. On what happens to Christians when we receive the Holy Spirit? I receive the Holy Spirit. Incidentally, you think you're lying to God this time. You think you're hiding something from God this morning. So many truths in that passage. We could build an entire seminar on it all by itself. Some of you might say, Pastor, I can't believe you would ask God why. I believe it. That's settled. Amen. I'm with you on that. The Bible says it. I believe it. And to be honest with you, it doesn't matter if I believe it or not. The Bible says it. That's settled. God said it. I didn't see something for a long time. Not good at giving a theological speech. Even some hidden fact that you don't know about. a mosquito with a nuclear bomb. Why not just chastise? What about, what about the sorcerer, right? Have you read that? The Apostle Paul goes out on one of his missions and one of the sorcerers comes up and he don't get struck dead. He just gets blinded. You remember that? We had demon-possessed people. Jesus allowed demons to go into the church. But Ananias and Sapphira, believers. Believers in the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit, obviously. But then, I didn't see what the answer was for a long time. I didn't understand. And I think, let me stress this, I think, as we imagine, Paul said, sometimes when you grow up and you look in the mirror, you begin to see what you are. And it's 
my old teacher. He said, Josh, I almost didn't recognize you. Don't want to stare on your face, baby. That's kind of funny. I was like, I know I'm beautiful. And he's like, you know. When you look at God's Word, you get a good reflection of truth. It shows you what you are. In fact, biblically, as you probably already know, the Bible tells us we are depraved. We have absolutely, literally no hope of saving ourselves. It's impossible with mankind. You can try, but you can't. Just to put some earthly twist on it, you try to save yourself. It's like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute and saying, I can clap my arms on the roof of the ground. It's impossible. The Bible reveals that truth. For ye must be perfect. Be in God's presence. I can tell you right now, there is no one of us at all. Not a one of us ever has been. Not a one of us ever will be. So we get that new body, perfect and sinless. But I didn't really see the answer to my question for some years. But I think I did. Let's look at that next slide. See, my question isn't, God, why did you do this to Ananias and Sapphira? And that might be your question. That was your question. Why did you do this to Ananias and Sapphira? My question is this. Was is to a degree. Why did you do it to me? Because I didn't do it. It didn't take me long to learn in Christianity that every one of us has a battle and has a struggle with death, with the devil, with flesh, with the world, and every one of us are liars, just like Ananias and Sapphira, and every one of us lust, and every one of us has personal gain, and every one of us wants to steal just a little bit of the glory from God. And my question was, God, why didn't you destroy Ananias and Sapphira? But why didn't you destroy God? Great quote from me. You can quote me on it. I'm telling you right now, you will be. Don't be trusted. I guarantee it. Don't believe me? <laughs> what did you see? The things you plant in the earth, but they don't come up. You sow hatred, you will reap hatred. You sow jealousy, you will reap hatred. You sow anger. So my question was, why did you do that to me? I lied to you. I desired that to you. I tell back to you from God. But I let everybody believe I did it for you. Are you there? Are you there? My question was, God, why did you kill him? I'm sorry about that. Would you like to do that? I want you to know something about God. Are you ready for this? This may come as a shock. His judgments are righteous and true. Amen? Not only that, but He has every right to do with whatever He wanted. He created this world. He created us. And if He wants to, He can destroy every single one of us and still be righteous, still be holy. There is no doubt about His judgment. 
None whatsoever. You felt like Ananias and Brian needed to die? And that was his business. I had no problem with that. And I began to question him. Why did that happen to me? Why? Why? Remember, Jesus told us to learn by the scripture of Christmas chapter 10. Remember? He said, These are examples for us. So, I want you and the night, Mr. Pirate, to have an example. Of course, we can plain out to that if we were young preachers again. We could say, You know what? Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. That's end of sermon, right? Amen? That's an easy one. We got that. But there's more to it than that, isn't it? a lot more to it than that. There's that other question. If you give it to Ananias and Sapphira, what do you do with I want to do something different tonight. A little different from my style of preaching. Some people say, Pastor, you're so far away from people. I know. Not at all. Not at all. I don't want to create fear self Sit with you and say, I'm scared to death that God's going to be mad at me. Those are the ones that are afraid to do anything, afraid to get involved. I want to create fear. Once we realize I broke his law and he came and he died for me, because he died for me, I will do anything for him. Anything. Live for him, die for him. Go anywhere he wants me to go because he loves me and because I love him. That's the topic. And we need love today. We have, though, and you've probably run into him many times. You may be one tonight. A true convert. You might be a true believer. But in your heart, you have got to But you said earlier, some prior things from preaching would have said, Do this and you get destroyed. Really, what they said was, going to be destroyed no matter what. And it's never going to go back to something. And you go from afraid of God and I love God. You have every right to destroy Remember, they are for us to learn from. So I want to do something a little bit different tonight. We look at the question of why. In fact, I don't want to Why usually means if you listen to and you listen to people who talk, meaning that hurt me. Why did you do this, Pastor? Why did you say that? Why did you do that? Really, what they're saying is this hurt me. That hurt me. So when we ask God, why did you do that? Really, what they're saying is God doesn't care if you're going to die. But please explain your reason for doing that. You ever ask your loved one, why? Why did you do that? You knew that to hurt me. I wrote a sermon some years ago. I wanted to preach it to you every 
time. That was soaked up in our prior meeting. I was so touched by the songs we sang. And I almost preached it. I want you to understand. I said, here's the sermon I wrote, but I may change it. And that sermon was, Psalm 137, God, what a fragrance. Nobody needs to hear it. I'll be honest with you, he's already done everything necessary. He's healed every hurt. He's already answered every question. It's all there. You've got a brilliant here. So I don't ask why anymore. I don't do all this stuff that why really means. Really means. said before, why usually means I'm hurting and that hurt me. So please explain your reasons for doing it. I just want to give God thanks for the rest of your life. I want to give him thanks now because God means I was young, and I asked God, why did he do that to me? And out of that question, something was born. A relationship that I had never had before. A relationship with God Almighty that I had put on the shelf, I had ignored, I didn't know existed. I did ask why. Change it to have hurt me to explain why you're doing that. Trying to point out what you really mean. God means to hurt me. You ever said that to your husband, your wife? Why? You proud? Why? Proud? You ever said that to your mama, dad? Why? Don't you love that mom and dad's always had the answers? That'd be awesome. God always has the answers too. And when we leave it there, we never really get the answer. Do we? That's what we need to ask now. Why do you change the way that? No longer does it need to be who hurt you or I'm hurting to change your life. You did that. Why do you do something else? Because when we leave with that, who hurt you? You never quite get the So why must mean something else? Let's change it. Instead of who hurt you, let's change it to who helped you. Who helped you? Now, if you were, start looking in the scripture. Could you answer that question of who helped the Israelites? Who helped Father Abraham? Who helped the apostles, the disciples? Who helped them? And the answer is. God is helping you. You know how I know that? Number one, you're here. So like this, I need that email. You're listening to us online. That means that God has helped you and God has something for you. And that means that your why no longer means who hurt me, but who's helping me. My question was, God, if you did that to Ananias and Sapphira, why wouldn't you do that to me? And then I began understanding something about God. God's intentions are not to destroy me. God's intentions are not to hurt me. God's intentions are to give me a plan, a prosper me, to make me His servant. And that's the same plan He has for you. He helps you. He is 
God move us and move us from here? Did we help you? Did you ask that question tonight? Who helped you? I was going to answer that. Someone was going to come out and you'd say, the man who led me to the Lord, the woman who led me to the Lord, the person who brought me to this church, the person who invited me, the person who left that silly old gospel track on my car. Well, you want to have a little fun? Come with me to Walmart. I like to put gospel tracks down in the truck. Don't get caught, does it? Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It really is. You know how I know these things? I just the time. I found that silly old gospel track when I walked away. You see, I thought I could walk away from the Lord. Tell me, Alfred, you, you can't go away from the Lord. There's nowhere you can go to get away from the Lord. There's nowhere you can get away from Him. And then I found that silly old gospel track, and it was like a Everyone I put in there, everyone I leave behind, everyone I put somewhere, it's just easy. Uh, but the person who picked this one had the same thing I had because I want to answer the question Who helped you? I'd love to say some Baptist people showed up and visited me when I was 30. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Somebody once said many years ago that the Christian army is the only army that kills your own wounded. I like sharks, you know. Sharks are amazing. Everybody loves a good shark. I don't know about you, but sharks are every kid's dream. They love sharks and they love dinosaurs. You see my tie this morning? That dinosaur is there. A lot of kids came up and said, That's a great tie. That's what every kid You know what else every kid likes? A big shark. You know sharks do? The sharks spell blood in the water, they kill whatever's breathing. Even other sharks. Even other sharks. said, I asked Jesus how much do you love me? He 
did this much. And he stepped out his office. Musician was put out. How much does he love me? From one nail scarred hand to the It doesn't mean who helps you, but maybe it means who feels you. I'm saying under here, right? Everybody says, Look, let me get a powerful testimony. God feels me. God heals me. Holy enough, God does. God can heal a broken heart. He knows how to fix that pain or medicine. He knows how to bring joy back into a broken life. God has the ability to bring reason, the ability to bring purpose back. God has the ability to heal you. So perhaps you're wise, God. You see, heal you. And you don't see. This is the truth. Mark 5, 32 34. This is the one I shared with my old teacher. He looked around, this is verse 32 here, about chapter 5, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing. You know the story. It's the woman who had the issue of blood. We don't know her name. We never stop to think about that. We don't know her name. We never say, God, why? Amen. There was one woman. I don't know her name. There are many people in the New Testament who see miraculous, powerful things happen to Jesus. We don't. Somebody who never stops listening. I'm going to tell you something about God. Talk to God. He's all ears, baby. He wants to hear from you. 
you. He wants you to talk to Him. In fact, He whirls around in anticipation of just spending time with you. That's how much He loves you. The Bible already told us. He demonstrated His love towards us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us.
no longer afraid to ask God why. That's the question of the Pastor was saying, Pastor, I've been asking God for years. I've never had the answer to what now. Never had the answer. And of course, you're going to say, hey, don't leave us hanging, God. Why would God do that in our life if I were not to have it? Well, you always see the answer. Great fear came upon me. Anytime God did that early discipline in the church, it was when great fear had to find its own issue. in the old